0: Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfitter. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. Rabbi. Let's take a break for a moment from looking at the world at one altitude. We've seen wilderness, forest, field, and garden. And those are all Kinds of places that exist at the same altitude. And that altitude, which we might call common altitude, is the place where civilization happens. But there are other altitudes that are addressed in Tanakh and in our history and in our stories. There are, after all, mountains and valleys. There are times when we go up. And there are times when we go down. And though it seems that we always come back to this place, to this level, to this altitude, it is important to mark and to understand the times and the callings that bring us and take us up to the mountains and their peaks and also down. To the valleys both of them in a sense represent a leaving a leaving of this shared common altitude and we will come back again to this place of cities and roads and homes and forests and gardens but those journeys up and those journeys down represent a departure from the normal in order to attain something or to accomplish something, such that when that person or those people come back to shared common altitude, they will not be the same. And it is possible that the world will be irrevocably changed because of their journey. Today, I want to focus on the valleys. The word in Hebrew for valley, amek, gives us the Hebrew word for deep, amok, There is depth and there is deepening that happens in the valley. I'd like to give you three examples of turning point events in Tanakh that happen in or through valleys. And I'd like to tell you in advance what I think it is that binds these stories together and gives them their character and their trajectory and their import. Unlike the mountain, which a person would ascend in order to accomplish something that they have every reason to believe is cosmic, the valley is the place where a person goes to accomplish something that feels very personal, and though that very personal event might in fact have cosmic and far-reaching consequences, the person who is engaged in that activity doesn't know that it is so. They are going down into the valley in order to accomplish something that they think has to do with them or a very small ring of people around them, meaning they think that it is personal. They focus on themselves and their immediate experience, just like a person would do if they found themselves in a true valley. When we stand on a mountaintop, we are afforded a vision of a big world we can see to great distances. It is vast and it is also quiet. It's a place where a person might genuinely feel that they are a part of something vast. In a valley, however, without that range of vision, a person would be immediately met with what is directly around them, the sounds and sights and smells and feels. what is nearby. It is therefore very direct, and one might feel or think it is small, it is local, and perhaps even personal. Let me give you the first example. In the first book of Shmuel of Samuel, when Shaul is still king, the Israelites are fighting the Plishtim, the Philistines. And, as we read in chapter 17, they gather... To the battlefield in the valley, the Emek of Elah. And that is where they arrayed their battle. The plishtim were camped on one mountain and the Israelites were camped on the mountain that was across the valley from the plishtim. And then the famous story occurs. The giant man named Galiat steps out into the valley and declares that if he can be defeated by an Israelite champion, then all of the plishtim will become servants and slaves to the Israelites, and vice versa. If he defeats the Israelite champion, then the Israelites will be slaves to him and to his people. Unsatisfied with simply issuing the threat, he goes on to taunt and to insult the Israelites. He even claims, at Israel. I have embarrassed the troops of Israel. He even goes on to insult God, as it says in verse 43, and he cursed David by his God. These taunts are not unessential to the story. In fact, they are the centerpiece, because this is what calls David into a personal battle. David here is not thinking As far as we can tell, that he's accomplishing something cosmic. He is accomplishing something personal. He's going to defend his people. He's going to defend his god against this giant man, Goliath. And we know how the story ends. He kills him with a sling, cuts off his head. He displays it for some days. The verse says that he carries it around for some time as some sort of trophy. But the battle here, again, is not beating some mythical creature in order to restore balance to the universe. It is a response to a personal taunt. David responds as an individual. We find another example of this with Yehoshua. Yehoshua, Joshua, takes over from Moshe and leads the Israelites through the beginning of their conquest of the land of Canaan. After a quick victory conquering Erecho, Jericho. After that war, the Israelites were commanded to burn the spoils of war and not to take anything. But unfortunately, one man, Achan, took some silver and some trinkets from the city of Erecho. The people did not know this, Yehoshua did not know this, and when they went to fight the next battle in Ai, they lost the war and did not know why. Devastated, Yehoshua begs God to redeem them and to show them a path of Teshuvah. God tells Yehoshua to tell everyone to prepare for the next day when a lottery would be performed in order to demonstrate who it was who had taken the spoils of war. Lo and behold, of course, the lottery falls on Achan, and Achan admits very quickly, that he did, in fact, take some spoils, and he tells them where to find the silver and the trinkets that he had taken. And Achan is then executed in Amek Ahur, the Valley of Ahur. Because, again, this is an individual person who didn't think they were doing something cosmic at the time. They thought they were doing something personal, and they were doing something personal. He saw some things that he liked. He says he saw a cloak, that he wanted to take for himself, but that personal action that he took ends up having massive ramifications for the people as a whole. Therefore, it makes sense that he was executed in a valley. He was executed in the place that demonstrates how the personal and the cosmic can sometimes interact, unbeknownst to the person who is standing in the valley and acting on their own whims or for their own purposes. With Achan gone, the Israelites recover and win the war against Ai, at which point Yehoshua goes up on to Mount Eval and builds an altar and offers offerings to God. This is a man who knows that he represents a people, and he stands at the top of the mountain to hold them all in his sight as he makes offerings to God. A third example of the way the Amek the valley, plays out is in the story of Yosef. And his brothers at this point in the story Yosef sporting a beautiful robe that his father made for him which is special and unique and beyond the value or beauty of any robes that his brothers have he has told his brothers and his father about two dreams both of which contain a basic theme of his brothers or his brother's wheat bowing down to him or to his wheat at this point, there's great animosity between Yosef and his brothers, and the brothers have all gone out to shepherd the sheep that belongs to their father Yaakov. At that point, Vayomer Yisrael el Yosef, Yisrael, who is also Yaakov, said to Yosef, Hello, Achecho ro'im bishchem. aren't your brothers shepherding in Shechem? Go and I will send you to them. Vayomer lo he said, I'm here. Go now and see to the peace of your brothers, and also to the well-being of the sheep. And send me word. And he sent him from the valley of Hebron. And he came to Shechem. The problem, of course, as Rashi points out, is that Hebron is not a valley. Me'eme Chevron, Rashi says, from the valley of Chevron, Bahar. Isn't Chevron actually on a mountain? As it says in this week's Parsha, Shlach, that they went up in the desert and came to Chevron. So, what is the meaning of sending Yosef from the valley of Chevron? Rashi tells us, Me'itza amuka she'oto Tzadik, from the deep. Insight or the deep counsel of that righteous man, Akavur who is Avraham. The Qayyim Mashin the Avraham, to fulfill what was said to Avraham, Beina in the vision that he had called Beina between the sides or between the halves. Kigari Yezaracha, your people, your seed will be strangers. Avraham had been told by God that his seed will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. Yaakov Israel knows this, and he sends Yosef to fulfill this and to begin the process which will bring about the actualization of Abraham's vision. So Yaakov wants to move this process forward. So for Yaakov, this is really a mountain move. This is something that has to happen very clearly on behalf of the people as a whole, and he knows that Yosef will be acting as a stand-in or as a proxy for the entire people who are going to be moving through this process of becoming slaves in Egypt, etc. So what makes it a valley process? Yosef doesn't know that. Yosef thinks he is just going out to see how his brothers are doing. He thinks he's going out to see what's going on with the sheep. He doesn't know that he's doing something nationally or cosmically important. He thinks he's doing an errand for his father. So similar to David, who is fighting something of a personal battle with Goliath, and similar to Achan, who is acting when he takes the spoils, not as a representative of something much larger, but as an individual for whom a pile of silver coins and a cloak made an impression. Yosef as well is acting as an individual, seeing how his brothers are doing. But through the unique power and nature of the valley these personal moments end up having enormous impact on the nation as a whole. I believe there is some awareness that when we as individuals are doing our deep work, we're doing so not only for ourselves, but for the benefit of and for the sake of the people around us. How, though, do we avoid this self-conscious awareness of the dynamic and interpersonal and even national or cosmic importance of our work? I believe that being in the valley doesn't really afford us the opportunity or the time to be aware of such things. When a person is walking through the valley, they're too busy making sure that they don't trip over the stones and rocks that have washed down from the mountains above. They're trying to make sure that they know where they are going. They're trying to make sure, as Yosef knew, that the brothers are okay and that the sheep are okay. They're trying to make sure, as David knew, that they succeed in conquering and killing this giant Galiat. It is no time to perform great ceremonial cosmic acts because the immediate surroundings demand so much of our attention. This, then, is the work of the valley. Focus. Focus well. Be careful. Be aware. Be alert. Be thorough. And when that is accomplished, amazing things can, in fact, happen.